Hello everybody, welcome to the fifth in our series of podcasts about how to raise your profile and network online. Today we'll be looking at membership and organisation of online communities. My name is Steve Cross, I am a professional researcher developer focusing on communication, community building and engagement and with me I've got an expert who's even more of an expert than me, which is very exciting for me and they are... Hi everyone, I'm Sam Byers, I'm a researcher developer at Cambridge. So Sam, since we're talking about online communities for work today, do you have any online communities that you're a member of that you've been taking part in while we've all been trapped in our houses rather than able to go to work? So there there have been a couple that I've been uh, members of. They they actually aren't work-related though, um, they've been more, so, uh, more socially uh, related ones. It's really, I think the really nice thing about online communities is that you can have uh, a nice mix. You can have um, more private social online communities that you engage with that can help get you through um, bad times. You know, COVID hasn't been a terribly uh, great time for everybody. And that's kind of kept me going. Not being able to see people interacting with them has been really with those communities has been really, really helpful. Uh, one of the things that I always teach during networking is that your personal uh, communities can be just as useful to your work life as your work communities. My favourite example was from a training session I ran for you where I met a PhD student who was doing a PhD in genetics who once a month had coffee with a very, very senior head of human genetics, a big research institute. And it was because she used to work in a greengrocer's and he was one of her regular customers and she got chatting to him about what he does. And now he's an incredibly useful work contact. The community groups that you join for personal reasons can also feed positively into your career, even if not in this job, but maybe jobs down the line. And you were saying you have another one that you really like. Particularly when I was a postdoc, um, I joined quite a few online um, communities. When I finished my PhD, I didn't really want to stay in the, the, the field that I was in. I had a lot of skills. And so online communities were really useful at that point to help me kind of transition to an area of research that I was interested in. Um, and I continued to, to work with those communities until I left um, left research. And they were really, 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 really useful. I can't recommend them enough. So in previous episodes, we've talked about social media, we've talked about blogging, we've talked about podcasts. And one of the challenges of those is that you are putting things out and hoping that people come and interact with them. But the nice thing about joining an online community, especially if it's a closed online community that has um, some sort of barrier to entry, so that only people who are useful or relevant can get into it is that um, whenever you create anything or whenever you respond or whenever you provide any resources or favors for this community you're reaching directly people who can influence your career and can help you with research projects or your skills later on what do you feel you got out of the professional communities that you were part of it opened my eyes to all the different areas within a particular field of research so the the, the one that I found particularly useful was the Young Embryology Network. It was really useful because actually I kind of thought embryology, yeah, that's just like, you know, sperm, egg, meat together, boom, you get a baby. But actually there's an awful lot that goes, that is also associated with embryology. And that's that's what helped me kind of decide where I wanted to go with my, with my postdocs. And it allowed me to understand that actually I could combine everything that I'd learned from my PhD and translate it and bring in this element of, of another discipline to actually enrich my 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 postdoc research and how did this community operate was it on facebook was it an email list it was on facebook i went to a i went to one of their talks um, a colleague of mine recommended it and you could just sign up 
on a, a sheet of paper back in the day. But yeah, and the nice thing about it was you could engage with it as much or as little as you liked. And so it kind of takes the pressure off you in terms of having to, if you're looking at blogs or podcasts, having to put them out, you know, once a week, perhaps in order to, to, to get noticed. With an online community, you can engage as little or as much as you like, but you still end up getting... Uh, getting contacts and mm. and and the thing that I found brilliant about it was that there were lots of uh, seminar series that weren't normally that weren't advertised through my university that I was working at but I found out about them through this group because members came from a whole host of different institutes and that was that was a really nice way of going and actually seeing some of the the real top well-established experts in in the field. Fantastic. And I think one of the things about online communities is that the amount that you have to contribute goes up as the group gets smaller. So when you've got a giant organisation like that, you can dip in and out. But I've been part of communities of 12 to 30 people who've assembled specifically. And with those, it really is the onus is on you to do as much as possible for the community and connect with the community as much as possible. I've, I'm have i a member of uh, lots and lots and lots of online communities in different ways. Some of them are uh, even email list based so within science communication there's a couple of quite popular email lists and those I barely contribute to ever you know I might put six things up on there but it's a really useful way of um, finding people who are doing interesting projects volunteering myself for them finding out what's going on tracking what jobs are available who might be moving around all that sort of stuff so those are my sort of passive communities that I keep an eye on uh, I'm a member of uh, like you lots of uh, closed Facebook communities. Some of them are professional. Some of them are about public engagement and science communication and research development. Some of them are just local. My local family's Facebook group is one of the most useful things I've ever joined because it's full of parents whose kids are slightly older than mine talking about the issues that they're having, other parents suggesting solutions. And therefore, when I get to the point where my kids are that age, I'm ready for the fa I'm ready for the problem and I already know what a bunch of potential solutions are. So do you have... Um, favorite examples of online communities that researchers are members of that are really benefiting their careers and really helping them build networks and build skills i suppose one of the ones that can be really useful is is researchgate that's kind of i suppose more related to uh, your your publications it is an online community it's probably slightly less personal than other online communities that that are out there um you've got things like lab roots and um Laboratory um, against. Oh dear! Can you spell laboratory for us? Because that sounds like a really clanging pun that we won't find unless we spell it out. It's L A B O R A T R W A. So they've spelt the labora bit wrong of laboratory and then put tree on the end. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Uh, so um, links to these can be found on the uh, um, either via Google search or the um, Vitae website. Okay. This is where it's just a simple networking tool for scientists to communicate um, with one another. Laboratory also allows you to blog as well. So if you were looking to perhaps get started with blogging, this might be a slightly more um, safer environment for you to perhaps start blogging in. Um, you also have things like method space. So this is a, where you, um, a community where people share research methodology. Oh, nice. And this can be really useful if you're thinking about perhaps trying to answer a question but you're not quite sure on the technique to use this would this would be really useful as well. 
And I think also, you know, I used to be a lab scientist. One of the things I would have loved was a service where I can go and double check the scrawled um, method I've been handed by a postdoc, because I'm not sure how many of those steps are useful and how many of those steps just happen to work once and they've become a frozen part of the way of doing it. I would have loved something like that. Another one for, um, this is um, a slightly different online community, but again, works really well. It's got a slightly different spin to it. It's called Stack Overflow. So this is more focused for uh, people that are perhaps in software engineering or computer science. So this is an online group where if you have an issue, you can um, upload your issue onto Stack Overflow. And and the community of software engineers and computer scientists that are uh, members of this online community can actually share their experiences and their advice with you yeah nice the nice thing about um stack overflow is um the more you contribute the more kudos you get good the more people then start to kind of put you at the forefront so if people have questions you're kind of like recommended or you'll get um pinged an email saying this is a question which is actually meeting your expertise due mm. answering it and it can actually be a really useful way to get headhunted as well um i certainly know a few people that have used stack overflow to get their themselves known a little bit more with mm. the software engineering um community and um, off the back of that they've had companies directly email them and say actually we're looking for your skills we have this vacancy let's have a chat and i think that's the thing we've talked about before this idea of being the easy hire where people have already heard of you for being good at the thing that they're looking for even if that thing is uh research into philosophy because you're a very active member of the early career researchers into philosophy facebook group or the the secret whatsapp group for people in that so making yourself an easy hire is always a good idea Uh, in this world. So Sam, can you tell us about a couple more of your favourite online communities that you think researchers are using effectively? Um, Another one that I quite like using is Times Higher Education. I've always enjoyed teaching. And particularly if you're thinking about getting into teaching, perhaps can't get um, as much teaching experience as you would ideally like. I think particularly when we're um, postdocs, we, we, we know that we're going to have to teach at some point. Mm. So we're very keen to, to balance learning how to teach with continuing our research project. Times Higher Education is really quite useful. Um, because it just gives you a broad overview of what's going on in the education sector. And one thing that they do, it's not a community per se, but there are all, there are lots of discussions that go on following the articles that have been written. And this can be really useful. You might find that there's a person that specialises in an area of teaching that you actually would quite like to find out a little bit more about. And so using Times Higher Education discussion sessions can be, really, can be a really useful way of, of networking as well. One of the wonderful things about being in the university sector is that everybody's email address is essentially publicly available. So if you do see an interesting comment by somebody and you want to follow up politely and be interested in them, um, usually you can find their email. And most people in academia are nice and will reply to a cold email like that, as long as it's clear that you've read some of their stuff and taken into account the way they think. I've got a whole bunch of uh, online communities that I've been using. And one of the things that I like to do is to set up online communities for specific jobs. So I often do this if I go to a conference, I'll set up a WhatsApp group with the lots of the people that I know well. And then as we go through the conference and we meet other like minded people, we'll add them to our WhatsApp group. So eventually we end up with this kind of 
you know, not quite the cool kids WhatsApp group, but it is the cool kids WhatsApp group. One thing that we do ask for is that uh, if you meet someone interesting who you know needs to talk to one of your friends, you make them stand still, you WhatsApp the group and say, friends, you have to come and meet the head of this at that. We're currently standing by coffee station three. I can keep them here for four minutes. Run. Um, so it's wonderful, those sorts of online communities. And those then build. You know, we often, having added a bunch of interesting people that we met to the WhatsApp group, the WhatsApp group keeps going for a while after the conference. And those people join other online communities that we're part of and kind of get bound into this big network. Because the idea of networking is not that just you know a bunch of people, but you are a member of lots of communities that are doing favours for one another. People within that community help each other out. And conferences are a great way of building that. Um, it's partly what I use WhatsApp for. I've used WhatsApp in a very similar way as well. Um, when I've been, when I've gone to conferences or um, specific um, uh, meet the expert sessions as well, and it's and it's really interesting um, to see how they can how they actually grow. And there's been a, quite a few occasions where I've seen people establish collaborations, and those collaborations are still going many years yeah. down the line. Yeah, you just don't know where a collaboration like that is going to come from. So what you have to do is make sure that you are doing initial connections with as many possibly relevant people as possible, but then also finding ways to select the useful ones of those or the interesting ones of those or the people you might get on with, build those into relationships where you can then start to do things to help each other. Um, and that's when it becomes useful for your career. Another thing that I've done that I think is really worth thinking about, especially if your research is in an area where joining a really big community isn't that useful for you. Um, you know, if, if you think actually what I do is so niche that the British Society for the History of Science is much too big for me, is you can set up your own communities. And this is a thing that I did not long after I became freelance, because I've always worked in universities in fairly big teams you know, with nine or ten people. And one of the things about being a freelancer is that you're very lonely. Uh, and you don't have regular conversation to help spark and develop your ideas and you don't have a regular group of people that you're helping and they're helping you. So I set up a group which was called the Show Off Talent Factory, where I said to um, I sent to a number of mailing lists an offer which basically said, I will help you do everything you want to do to develop your skills, to build new formats, to become a better presenter. Uh, I will help you do all of that for nothing. And in return, you join this online community. And the only rule of the online community is that you have to try and give the community as much help as you receive from the community. The big lesson that I've taken from it is this idea that if you're going to be a member of a community who takes value from a community, you have to put value in as well. Uh, one of the things I teach everybody I work with in networking is to look out for the people who only extract value and cut them out of your life as fast as you can because you are working for free for somebody else. Um, if they don't, And they don't necessarily have to give things back to you. One of the joys of a community like this is I do favours for some people, they do favours for other people, they do favours for other people. This goes round and round and round, builds up, lifts the whole community together and then we're all better placed in our careers. So it's not about thinking about one person giving back to you. This stuff goes round and comes back. Um, another big lesson that I got from it was that in a community like this, not all conversations are going to be strictly work related. And that is part of what the community is. It's building as much a group of friends as it is a group of people with shared interests. And I think that's what a lot of professional online communities lose 
is that they stay very dry. They stay very much about professional transactions. And that means that they don't grow. They're just a place where things are exchanged, ideas or work are exchanged. And partly building and supporting each other in all these other ways. Because, you, you know, the health of each individual in the community is the health of the community. And the more the community is healthy and grows, the more your career grows. And, um, yeah, a big one for me was not being jealous of other people doing better than me. Because uh, as the person who built the community, it all reflects back onto my mentoring and skills building that some of these people are now much more successful performers than I am. I think you've raised a really important point, having that slight element of um, personalisation with an online community. When you're setting up a collaboration with somebody, we very much think about the fact that setting up a collaboration in a professional way, you work far better with somebody when you're collaborating if you know if you have an insight into that person's life. It might sound a little bit daft, but if, if you know perhaps your colleagues have, has children or they like certain things, it just adds a little bit um, of familiarity, which will help that collaboration um, get off the ground quicker and maintain it as well. And one mistake I see people make is that they think collaborations are entirely professional. They're, they're always going to be about people's personalities as well. How do you think LinkedIn is relevant to our discussion of uh, online communities? LinkedIn also have groups um, or hubs that provide a place for professionals, perhaps from the same um, professional sec job sector, um, or if they have similar interests. And it provides them a space to perhaps share content, best practice, um, and discuss topics that are relevant at the time. You can send messages and you can also build your connections up within them. These these groups are really, really useful, particularly if you're at um, a point in your, um, in your career where you're thinking about perhaps leaving academia. So you can join these groups, talk to people that are um, actually in that particular sector that you're interested in, get an idea of what the day-to-day -day running of a of that job within that sector actually is. And I've found that people um, that are within these LinkedIn groups um, and that work with LinkedIn within LinkedIn are really, really useful and they're honest and it can give you a real insight into actually is this job going to be worthwhile for me. I think it might be um, worth us just mentioning a few other platforms that people can use to build their online communities. Maybe we don't have much experience of these, but they seem to be a, a coming way of doing things. And one of the places I learn about online communities is from um, the tabletop and role playing games sector weirdly, because it's one of the places where people feel that everything has a community attached to it. Even if you all listen to the same podcast, you become a community. And one thing that's been absolutely huge there is Discord, which is a combined community building, video sharing, audio sharing platform. It can be open, it can be closed. Now, I don't know much about it. I haven't dived into any Discord communities, but it's definitely something that if you're thinking about setting up your own online community, you should have a look at. And um, the other place that I know a lot of online communities exist and is, is Reddit. So it's it's not closed. It's not membership based. Anybody can post things. But within a specific subreddit, you tend to get same people posting over and over and over again. And they effectively become a community. And again, uh, if that's a Reddit that is about something specific, the one I was looking at yesterday was a Reddit entirely for people who like to use uh, AI based text prediction tools. And it's clear that the same people are on there. They're exploring the same things. They compare technical notes. They compare all sorts of things. Um, and I just thought it was a really wonderful way to see that. 
I mean, one of the things you have to do there is think, how do I translate my membership of that network into uh, advances for me and my career and my skills in the real world? Uh, not the real world. It's all the real world, the offline world, let's call it, um, because that's slightly harder on Reddit than it is with some of the things that we've talked about. And thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Go and start your own online communities. Join everything you can find. Watch for a little while. See what's useful and then pitch in. Be a useful member. Build yourself up as the person who can help and the person who can make things happen. And your online community will pay off for your career hundreds of times over. Sam, um, would you like to say goodbye to our lovely listeners? Bye, everyone. Um, enjoy exploring the wonderful world of online communities. Um, remember that you don't have to stay in an online community forever. If it's not for you, you can just click the leave group funk button and that can be a really relieving thing to do if you find that that online group's not working for you. But good luck and enjoy. That might be the best piece of advice we've done throughout this entire podcast. Goodbye, everybody.